Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? Don't touch that dial or phone. Don't change no station. You are now in tune to the place where the vulnerable are powerful, the place where the most gangster thing you could do is serve. The second most gangster thing you could do is what you are now in the process of experiencing, right, is to be tuned in to the All The Way Live podcast. This is indeed the All The Way Live podcast, Miles Xavier. It's your boy, Zoe Gila. I'm here with my brother, Miles Xavier. And every week what we do is we come to this show and we take, we dedicate our week to taking the information and we give out information to you guys through carefully curated content for your cranium. We do this on a weekly basis. We do it because we love it. We do it because we love y'all. And most importantly, we do it so that we can be a, at least a place of positivity for people to come to because we know people are going through it in their day-to-day life. So even if we can be a second of, of just a, a, a an outlet for positivity and information, creativity and growth, then that's exactly what we do this for. So shout out to everyone that's commenting. Shout out to everyone that's having these conversations with us outside of the podcast. You know, that's that's some cool stuff, like being able to, to talk to people about things that we brought up and extend the conversation. So shout out to you all for that, man. I love that. I appreciate it. It keeps us going. That's what we do, man. <laughs> it's good to be here. Appreciate you, man. You keeping me going right now with the t-shirt and the bucket hat energy. You know what I'm saying? That's that summertime energy. Even the foliage, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the fact that Exeter in the building is bringing me warmth today. You know what I'm saying? Because it is chilly this side. And I love that we bounce back and forth, you know what I'm saying, with Chicago being in the building. With, oh, no, wait. It's winter. Wait. No, you good. You're not, well, you're not as bad as us. You're not as bad as nah. us. But I, I hear it's bad in Chicago. You're not as bad as Chicago, but the fact that we had we get to rep so many places, the fact that Exeter is in the building, that Chicago is in the building, that Joe Berg is always in the building through by way of Exeter through my homie, that brings me warmth today because it is chilly. This is a Chicago winter day, man. We out here trapping through it, uh, but it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful that Chicago is in the building. This podcast is forever recorded on stolen land due to that fact. This land was cared for by the Potawatomi people and the Council of the Three Fires and the violence done to remove them from this land is inseparable from the violence that we see in the city today, the violence that we see in this country today, the violence that we see in this world today, this violence that we confront with our verbal virtuosity every week on this show. You know what I'm saying? So we lift up love for indigenous people the world over. We lift up love between black and brown people the world over. We're trying to connect the diaspora with this thing right here. You know what I'm saying? That's why it means so much to me that every week Chicago's in the building and Joe Berg is in the building. But with that, man, that's how we end the intro. We got an amazing show for you today. Break it down. Hey, man, let's get into it. Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? And just like that, (laughs) we're right back in it. Yo, Miles, I know it's super cold in Chicago, and people, if you've never been to Chicago, the weather, that cold is a whole different type of cold. I know it's, it's, it's terrible terrible to be outside when it's that cold in chicago but still 
you were able to put on the the Martin Luther King Day uh, <laughs> celeb celebratory proceedings. You were able to do some pretty cool stuff around that of marching through the through the through the snow and the cold for that. So I just wanted to big you up for that and kind of uh, unpack a little bit about what it is you were able to do for the city of Bronzeville this weekend. I guess I am repping the merch, right? I guess I am repping the merch, so I might as well explain it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this uh, this past Monday was Martin Luther King Day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and to honor Martin Luther King, what we did was we had a day of service. We actually went to like five high schools in the Bronzeville community, did some service projects. Like we organized some classrooms, organized some libraries, uh, painted some murals. I wish I had some pictures. That's me slipping. Next week, we're going to throw the pictures up. Yeah. Pretty fire, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, it was just a beautiful opportunity. Like we had a, um, we put together a video and I say we, like I was a small part of like an organizing team uh, led by Organic Oneness and Sida Taylor, who is like an amazing uh, mentor of mine. She's, she's just super dope. And um, yeah, so it was just like, this amazing opportunity to have some organizations come together. They did a video where like each org was shouting out how they feel they're carrying the legacy of Dr. King forward. That was pretty cool. And then which uh, organizations were there? So we had some, we had bright star community outreach. We had the boys and girls club. Um, I had to do one for, you know, uh, the Chicago center for youth violence prevention, hold it down. Uh, we had the Chicago Race Riot Project from 1919 had an entry that was pretty fire. Actually, I love they had some uh, clips from their annual bike tour. That was really, really, really dope. Uh, and yeah, so I know I'm missing some people. So like, man, my bad on that. But uh, yeah, so it was a beautiful yeah, just opportunity. And then we had, um, you know, some snippets from speeches of Dr. King so that everybody got a kind of a chance to hear his words that day, too. You know what I mean? And then. Boom, we broke off into our little service project. Some people were painting, some people were cleaning, some people were, uh, yeah, just doing some really cool stuff around the schools. And then uh, we sent people off, you know. We did it all with masks. We did it all, you know, safely with uh, the, in the within the proper protocols. But it was really cool to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, and I think, like, it's important to highlight because a lot of the, a lot of the time the criticism that uh, movements that are led by people of color is that well, especially following something like the Black Lives Matter movement, which was so widespread and so many people got involved into it. And then the criticism is that that type of organizational um, work that happens when the cameras aren't on the movement, that we don't have that as, as a people. And then, you know, there's not actually much that's being done once the protests are done. So to highlight what you guys are doing, to highlight what the Boys and Girls Club are doing, to highlight what a lot of the community uh, centers in Chicago are doing, um, when it comes to days like this, keeping the names of the people that are champions of this type of movement going, man, it's, it's an absolute beautiful thing. So from, from from somebody that always appreciates how involved you are in your community and uh, what what you do in order to make sure that the more the more important things are still happening, I, I find that pretty cool. I'm humbled by your words, man. And it's crazy. It's like you were there, right? When you speak to the kind of... Um pick and choosy nature of the coverage, right? We actually had a vaccination drive at one of the spots, right? Uh, one of the high schools. And we had some local media come to cover that. And they showed like, you know, people getting vaccinated, which is good, right? But they didn't really cover the King Day aspect of it, right? They weren't really into all of that. I don't know if it was the red, black, and green. That was a little too much for them. You know what I'm saying? All the people with afros, you know, 
but yeah, it was it was cool though. It was really it was a really great and amazing day. So thank you for like uh, bringing that to the forefront and letting us highlight that with the show. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of matters uh, and keeping the show black and whatnot, the stumble upon topic for today is we're back at Tesla, Miles. We're back at Tesla. Um, Tesla employees allege widespread racism on the factory floor. This is over 100 employees in Tesla have come together to issue a, mo uh, a, a lawsuit. <laughs> Uh, more than 100 former Tesla employees have signed statements alleging that Tesla discriminates against black people and allows a racist environment in its factories. It's not the first such allegation against Tesla, but it's certainly the most sprawling. All told, about 120 people have requested the right to sue Tesla in California for discriminatory reasons related to race, national ancestry, skin color, gender, age, disability, or other factors related to family and medical leave, according to documents viewed by protocol. Nine such claims have been thrown out for lack of evidence. Ooh, nine have already been thrown out for lack of evidence, man. Uh, yeah. So I love that you. I love that you said we're back because this has been a uh, a longitudinal study on our part, right? We we we've been covering this story for a minute now. Um, my guy, I'm I'm. I, do you we do we have our the guy's name, the original guy who who sued Tesla. Um, it's uh, it's not F Fremont Daltrey, but it's something close to them. Mm. We can get the name. Sure. So we we so we covered uh, the the uh, one single employee actually was was experiencing some discrimination and sued. And I remember the fact being a little bit surprised that he actually won, like right based on his allegations. And and but like you know not that I, not because I didn't think the allegations had merit, but because the system doesn't usually work out in our favor in that way, right? Um, and so, but I, I remember both of us having that conversation and being uh very predicting that more people at Tesla would have ruffled feathers about having the same experience, right? This didn't seem like an isolated incident. It did not seem like an isolated incident, and it it isn't the first time that this type of news has been coming out from Tesla, right? And I think in situations like this, it's always important to look at a bit of the history behind behind if an institution and if an, if a whole institution is failing to protect a certain type of people, because also sexual harassment cases are a lot of the cases that are in these that are being filed against tesla so clearly there is a culture of harassment right so if you look back at like for instance say the the rouge factories in the 1920s for ford right when ford was first making their their uh their their t the model t's coming out in 1920s the, the the worst places to work in those factory spaces were the ones exclusively reserved for people of color. At a certain point in time, 50% of all the men in Detroit were employed in Ford factories and were delegated towards these towards these more difficult work environments, right? Being paid 11% less than everybody else, even though they were doing the same type of work. And the culture of harassment essentially could, in, in, the, in the automobile factory could say, industry could say to have started from there. And then you fast forward you know, and now we're seeing uh, the gentleman's name, Owen Diaz, who sued Tesla last year. We covered that. Check that out. $137 million, right? And we said, if they if there's $137 million, definitely somebody else 
is somebody else is going to come out about it, but it also means that there's truly a deeper level to things, right? And so you've seen from 2017, there's been uh, numerous people that have been that have sued Tesla um, for the same reason. Some have settled, some haven't. It's uh, it's clearly something that's prevalent in that space. Yeah, which is unfortunate, and I think kind of begs the question, right? Do we think that this is a problem that? Uh, you know, it's clearly not isolated within Tesla, right? So clearly it's a widespread problem that multiple people are now bringing forth this lawsuit. But do we think, like, that this this can't be isolated to the automotive industry, right? I, I imagine that there are there are many industries that have a similar history, and I appreciate you bringing the history into it. Matter of fact, I know that there are lots of industries that have a similar history, right, where that's just that's been the norm for so long that we're only now just getting to the point where we're starting to correct the way that certain people are treated by default in certain spaces and it calls like into question like how do you you can't fix this with band-aid solutions right you can't like i'm cool i'm glad that mr diaz and thank you my dude for finding his name got 137 million dollars right i'm very glad a lot of money i'm very glad that he did but what are we what do we put in place clearly that settlement hasn't been done enough to change the culture of Tesla for the employees to feel like it's a safe environment for them. Right. And so what does that look like? I don't know. I don't know. And um, we have a friend, right. That works on a factory floor of a large automobile manufacturing company. Right. And in speaking with him, he's made evident that the pendulum of how to fix that issue of uh, harassment and whatnot doesn't always line up in the middle. And usually you have protection of the employee that goes way too extreme to the point where efficiency becomes an issue. Right. And so in this particular factory, and it's a, it's a, it's a major automobile factory, right? He was saying that they, they can measure the efficiency of their workers and they're, operating at 50% of that of their efficiency and there's no recourse that can come back to them. So you're right, there is no like one band-aid to fix harassment and maybe, you know, harassment and work efficiency might not seem correlated but they are. In the same way that harassment is correlated to GDP, meaning that if you can solve there's a measurable amount of impact of increase in in money that a country can make, the more women it can stop from having a being exposed to gender-based violence. That's a calculable thing so it's the same thing with efficiency right uh, it's an oddly correlated thing but you're right there's usually no one band-aid over it yeah yeah and it's unfortunate that it applies to so many things right it applies to racial harassment it applies to sexual harassment in the workplace and it kind of begs the question right like these are things that aren't limited to the workplace but that corporations i think and like hr departments right have the responsibility to they have they have a role in ensuring that people are treated fairly within that within that space right um and we have a responsibility as individuals to carry that that standard beyond the workplace and and address it in public right in our in our general day-to-day lives yeah yeah here's here's where here's where because now we're talking about harassment in the Harassment at, at the office, right? And harassment just in, in general. Recently, a South African podcaster, and we spoke about this in, pre, in pre-production, a South African podcaster 
uh, was interviewing Ari Lennox and asked her a very crude, crude question about, you know, uh, who she's who she's sleeping with at the moment, instead of very crudely. And I won't say it because our biggest fans on this show is my mom. Hi, mom. Anyways, do you know <laughs> Miles' mom? I yeah, dude. I paused, you know, so that they could like experience the high. They could take that in. You know, that's real. I wish we still had drops so that maybe like an applause for the moms. Cause we can get. Can we still get drops on the show? Yeah, well, StreamYard would let us share from any other application besides Chrome. Then yes, we could have drops. But you know, it's not. I'm 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 working on that. But it's not it's not as easy as it once was. We've upgraded. We've changed some things. We made sacrifices. You know, made sacrifices. But yo, so on the same on the same breath, Ari Lennox is being interviewed by a podcaster. This could be considered a place of work, and he asks her a very crude question. Right? That's that is harassment. That is harassment regardless of the fact that he was used he, he said to have used her words and referring to something that she said like that's still yeah. harassment yeah it's and, and it just kind of speaks to and like we can kind of get deeper into that conversation if you want but i'm i'm still kind of looking at this big picture from the aspect of like how we treat each other right and it's like i understand efficiency in the workplace but to me if i my my thought is that it doesn't efficiency increase in whatever space, right? Aren't you more able to carry out whatever you're trying to accomplish if everybody feels safe doing that? If everybody is able to do that without having to look over their shoulder, right? And and, and so I feel like it kind of speaks to our need to figure out how we reset standards, right? Reset agreements of what it means to, to occupy a space together, right? And I know that sounds a lot like really less, less tangible than things that typically govern corporate environments, especially, but you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I, we have to do it because how much efficiency are we losing from all the complaints people have to file from all of these lawsuits and from people generally not feeling safe, right? In the environments they're working in. What if, what if we put more, I feel like if we put more emphasis on setting those standards and making sure that they're enforced, making sure that they're enforced, right? I'm not talking about more like little things that you have to look at, little program things from HR that people click through and emails that people can ignore like you really have to set a standard that's enforced in in the environment right yeah it's difficult it's difficult and as somebody that like has employees that's a culture putting in culture setting in principles and company ethics mission statement vision what's the you know like that's that's a skill on its own that's a skill on its own right and, it's, um, skill, but it's also like I feel like it's what we have to do, right? We have to embed that care for each other in not only the culture of our businesses. That's our responsibility as entrepreneurs, as bosses, right? Whatever you're the boss of out there, you should you should be working to incorporate that culture of empathy, right, into whatever structure that you have influence over. And we have to incorporate that into like general society too, bro. Like it, that just has to be the bottom. Like and that that is a huge lift from where we are right now i'm not underestimating that but like that i i feel like that's what that's what has to happen and that's how 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. that's exactly what what needs to happen and that's that's always been my biggest complaint of south africa my home country right i've always said that if we can if we can just make our woman feel secure th that could be one of the best countries in the world dude you know what i mean like the fact that we're losing so much efficiency. We're losing so much opportunity and productivity from the sheer 
fear that women have to live in, right? And I'm not making this like a tirade about that specifically, but like if it speaks towards what you're saying about changing the culture of how we see things. And I think the we know what the world looks like when we are hurting it, right? We know what it looks like when we pollute our oceans. They're saying in 2025, they're gonna be more more weight of plastic in the ocean than there are animals in the ocean, right? The weight of plastic in the in the ocean is gonna exceed that of the weight of all the animals in the ocean. That's a crazy statistic. Um, we so we know what happens when we pollute the world like that. We know what happens when we um, when when we invoke things that bring out climate change. You know when we're polluting haphazardly. But if the world reacts in a visceral way when we're hurting it, what does it look like when we're nurturing it, dude? You know, what does that look like when we're healing, when we're actually setting the standard, this principle that you're saying, like in our work culture, in our homes, in our communities, in our in our cities? Like, what does what does as, what do we look like as a society when we realize we really are all working together for the same thing? Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely much safer. It's it's definitely more peaceful. But I, I what what's unfortunate is I think that a lot of companies, especially in governments, aren't particularly moved by that argument. Right. And as I look at what it takes to actually make structural change, what really continues to, like, I guess, be presented to me or like keep slapping me in the face is that you have to be able to explain it in cost. Right. And things like this, things like Tesla being sued because of the and employees being able to use that as a way to have a voice right is is important and the people who as we say as we open this show every day right the vulnerable are powerful right the vulnerable are powerful everybody who's being oppressed continues to lift up their voice so that we can one tax the people that are oppressing us right for real in the form of lawsuits in the form of reparations right but there's also presenting to these institutions like you continue to pay a cost in both efficiency, in violence, in like terrible news media coverage, in scandal, because of your refusal to just treat everybody at a certain standard. And if you would actually just treat everybody at a certain standard, then those people would be able to really operate and flourish in the workplace, right? You also would like not have to deal with all these scandals and all these lawsuits and all this pressure, all these protests. That's a, like and until we can quantify that and put it in dollars in their face, I feel like a lot of corporations and institutions aren't moved. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why when you look at like the data science space and where things are going with ethical data, um, with um, impact measurement you know there's there's a lot of data now moving towards trying to figure out how to quantify um things of ethics like that things that matter like that so uh, that's why it becomes that's why that's that's a plug on the low (laughs) they'll get it when they get it they'll they'll get it when they get it but um can we give them anything coming soon coming soon coming soon (laughs) man they, they gotta know we like they should know we're working we're working ah man nah but but in 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 wrapping this this portion of the uh, in wrapping up this uh this particular topic at tesla what i found pretty interesting is that in 2017 um when tesla they threw out a case of somebody who reported harassment they threw the case out on the basis that and i quote 
the 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 remarks of staff were consistent with lyrics and images commonly found in rap songs and frequently used in rap competition. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. You're not telling me that they called this man a nigga and they said because they heard nigga in the song, they thought it was cool to call him a nigga. That's let me let me let me let me let me read it again a little bit more smooth this time. Quote <laughs> Racist slurs were not racist because they were consistent with lyrics and images commonly found in rap songs and freestyle rap competition. <laughs> I love how Tesla is is defending rap <laughs> in this. I don't think Tesla's defending rap at all. I don't think Tesla's defending rap at all. I think Tesla's using rap as a scapegoat to to justify racism, which is freestyle rap competition. <laughs> so, boom, all right. So here's my here's here's my beef with that. Right, like is that rap doesn't? That was a hot sixteen. That wasn't racist. That was just a hot sixteen, <laughs> bruh. But like, rap is what they say to. And and so this ties into like a bigger conversation about about people's art, right? But like, just because be black people describe their experience doesn't mean that you can you have license to use their words against them, right? And you and we know that at a basic human level, right? Like, just because like, dude, do we really have to explain why it's not okay to say nigga? Like, <laughs> for white I mean, people? like. <laughs> that there's how how relevant is that is that conversation to be had how do you what what is your ethics with uh with the word nigger my ethics with the word nigger is that yo black people have a very a, they, i'm not, well i would say an irrefutable history but they're trying to erase it by not uh, with this with this uh what's it called in the schools the um the civic action set no the curriculum the uh critical race theory you don't you ain't heard of that you don't know what i'm talking about no what's no no what's critical race theory critical race theory is basically in schools they're not allowing certain aspects of slavery and the history of the enslavement of black people to be taught in schools because it puts white people in such a bad light and they don't want <laughs> white kids to grow up feeling like white people are evil right no cap no cap. Yo, his history just repeats itself. No cap. So, so that's part of where was I? Where was I going with this? What was we talking about? You was talking about lyrics, rap lyrics, right? So that history, whether they want to erase it or not, right, exists and is real and is and is a history that Black people have are trying to come to terms with and are trying to overcome and that are still owed parts of the system that continue to benefit off of disadvantaging and disinvesting in black people and black communities. Right. And part of that is the word nigga. Part of that is part of our, of, of the culture that we have created to cope with the history of systemic racism in America is the word nigga and white people are, should respect that. It's a, it's understood that, if you if you are respectful of any aspect of that history as a white person that you don't say nigga. Is it just white or because I know the lines definitely blur. 
the lines definitely blur. And here, here, here goes another one, right? What should Afri an African's relationship with that word be? I don't know. It depends on what is what is. I, I that's actually I don't think that's for me to determine, right? I I would say that there's a there's a certain there's a certain inherent like you can't you can't remove it for me there's a certain bite to that word because of the history of that word when a white person says it and not that i'm not uncomfortable when people of that aren't black who i don't have a relationship with say it sometimes it doesn't have that same feeling and it doesn't often feel like it's coming from that same place. That's not me giving anybody license to say it. That's just me describing how I feel in general. Right. So I, I personally am like, yo, I can understand because of the proximity to black to African-American experience, because we're all black. Right. There's a diasporic reality to this. Right. But I can understand the proximity to the African-American experience that some Latinx people have, right? That even some uh, some some East Asian cultures have, right? Like even some South Asian cultures have, right? I can understand that, especially in the ways that we've been allotted certain parcels of land and over history and been put together and mashed together in cities, right? I can understand how some people grow up within a culture and feel like that's a part of their culture too. That's an argument for an individual basis, an individual scenario, individual person, right? But when white people say it, there's rarely a cultural justification that makes me mm. feel okay with it. Mm. I feel that. I feel that. But we said all that to say that there's a really, there, there, there's a history there that should be respected, right? And so one, that makes it not okay for somebody at Tesla to say that we said nigga because he said nigga. No, it's different. It's different. You're not respecting that history. And also that history is a beautiful, beautiful part of that evolving mechanism to cope with the continuing oppression that black people go through is hip hop. Right. One that I love and that has saved my life many times over. Right. And so when you when hip hop you saved your life, big facts. And when hip hop, when you take when you take that expression of of trying to overcome and trying to explain our experience just to be able to stay sane in this country and throw it back in our face as evidence of who you believe us to be that story is not for you to to, to pick apart that story is for you to hear and listen and learn from that's it right yeah yeah i feel that i feel that. i would the only thing that would really make me stop saying and and the reason i've slowed down and saying nigga as much is is because i don't I don't like it when I get to a place and people start putting on a black accent because they're speaking with me. And that's something that happens. And also the the rate in which how liberal people feel saying nigga around me. I realized, I was like, why is it that more people say nigga every time I'm around? You know what I mean? That means that I'm too, I was too loose with it and I didn't like that. Not because... I, I didn't like how 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 it was received back, and I and I find it over here in the UK too. Sometimes where I'll be, I'll speak to somebody, and then they they throw they throw on a, a a black accent, start using slang or whatnot, which is a bit insulting because like on the opposite, if I came up to somebody, it was like, "Hey, bro, how's it, mate?" Like they'd be like, "Dude, that's not you." 
can I can I have a vulnerable moment with you though? Can I can I like <laughs> go go ahead, bro? The, the vulnerable and powerful on this show. Get vulnerable it off. Yo, like hey man. Do you not feel yourself at all? Kind of be like your speech pattern tugs toward like being like in it. While I've been here? Yeah. I know because I'm not around people with cool enough slang to to take from. But like if I if I if I was, I'm sure I'd code switch and acclimate to to some inits and bib and some bruvs. Yeah, I I remember when I was well, I was there for two weeks, and by that second week, I was <laughs> nah. I, you're I was looking like, for it though. You're looking for the pass. You're looking for the init pass. <laughs> was I? I don't know if I was. I don't know if I was looking. You were shop. You were shopping for new slang when you were in well, London. But that, I, I was all right. Shopping for new slang is a very <laughs> is a very verbally slutty way to describe me, sir. I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. So but you I, can go show off to the homies back in Chicago some new slang. Nah, but 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 we took we 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 took in it when we watched Top Boy. Dude. We didn't wait for the we didn't wait for the actual experience to 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 take that one. But but real talk, real talk. Like I definitely did feel like that cultural experience. Like being there, and especially after that first week, was kind of like there was just like this. When you're talking to somebody and you want them to understand you as well, like as well as possible, I don't know. I feel like part of me was like trying to convey it the way I was hearing it. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's just code switching. That's code switching, but, which is very different than yeah, ac- than accent masking. That's a whole different thing, and like accent imitation. Code, uh, code switching, I think, is a like for instance, if I'm if I'm in Chicago, my 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 slang and patois is gonna slowly acclimate to there when i'm in soweto my my slang and and and, and diction is going to acclimate to that space when i'm here you know what i mean same thing yeah but there's definitely a different cringeness to when somebody when you see the white person see you and then what up <laughs> no not a one <laughs> there's a line of people right handshake handshake hug handshake dap Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I got to Exeter, some young lady got my number and she kept on calling me dog. I couldn't. I didn't text her back. It's just like I left it on red. I was like, hell no. Nah. <laughs> seven years too late. <laughs> she, she she called me dog like three times in a row. I was like, that's it, dude. Yeah. White girl, no way. You don't know. You don't want white people on your line. Don't 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 t- call your black friends me. You know what I mean. Don't 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 dive right into that. You know, nah, nah. The coolest thing you can be is yourself. And when we're being the best version of ourselves, what we do is give people information. We give people current news. Yes, sir. I wish I knew the mural verse better. You know what I'm saying? How so? Bombing systems and activism is how we matching cataclysms and bombing on Activision. You know? Boom. Look at that uh, as it comes up. Shout out to the YouTube audience that saw that that saw that pop up right as I finished that bar. You know? Just like that. Just like that. Some pretty exciting stuff happened in the in the business world. Some pretty cool, some some pretty cool. 
movements and we enjoy that type of thing over here we enjoy breaking that thing that type of thing down active sony is purchasing uh activision blizzard for a record-breaking 70 billion dollars man um, right it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy it's gonna be the biggest deal in gaming and it's one of those times where you feel like it's it's funny I feel like over the past couple of years, we've seen a lot of names from our childhood pop up and be very relevant in the in the business space and being worth a lot still today. Right. Even if they've they've changed and evolved over time. Right. I'm thinking of uh, GameStop for sure is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, help me out here. There's been, there's been a couple of them. Uh, there's been a couple of meme stocks, but there's also been some like, yeah, just some movement. And in, in, in... <laughs> boss said, help me out over here. Come on, man. You can, you can, I got you. But I'm just saying, like, these movements based on nostalgia, I think, in business is what I'm trying to get at, right? Um, there, There's an element of nostalgia in this particular one. Um, and, and more so, if you look at what a lot of the analysts are saying regarding this particular deal, is that it's Microsoft's investment into the future, right? We're seeing a big focus going into gaming and we're seeing that from facebook who has now repositioned itself to meta and they're doubling down on the oculus they're doubling down on virtual reality um you're you're seeing that the statistic is that in by 2025 1.2 billion new gamers are going to be coming on board and you know now with cloud gaming and things like that it's a it's a massive money maker they're building stadiums for gaming competitions you know so clearly it's the big tech folk are doubling down on this idea that the future is definitely going to be going into virtual and it's going to be led by gaming yeah and that's really interesting to see like activision have adopted to be in that space right like i remember activision from my tony hawk pro skater too you know on my game Mm -hmm. right and the some of the when you like go to their website and see come some of their big names this is call of duty that my brother is pulling up right here i believe you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. one of their big ones they also own they also own candy crush um that's right which i'm not as familiar with Zoe, can you break down candy crush for us um i'm a candy crush king so you know really is a game of strategy much like golf candy crush is not a game but it's a an approach to life right Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank, don't give them too much. Don't give them too much sauce. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need, leave it there. There you go. There you go. You know what I'm saying? But they they <laughs> they have they have a catalog now that um, I'm a little bit less for, familiar with. But it's it's just really dope to see some a company that, yeah, I remember coming up with as on the PS1. You know what I'm saying? Is is, is still making moves and will be a move, like a giant in the future. Hopefully. Right. Are you going to purchase a VR headset very soon? Um, probably, probably. And I think we both will. I think that scene in Black Mirror with the two guys that are playing the video game. Um, oh, no, cut it out. I think at some point in this near future, we will be posed with a scenario where we'll, we'll have to navigate those waters. Is all I'm saying. But to get more specific down to the news at hand, one of the reasons, like, as you're saying, right, that uh, you remember Activision Blizzard being like this top company right um and it still is because you got uh warzone you do have candy crush you do have um warcraft right these are three massive um warcraft is under activision too is under activision yeah it's under blizzard it's under blizzard so it's so that that's the entity right it's king activision and blizzard yeah 
um part of part of that decrease and is what people have been saying that the ceo of um the CEO of Activision Blizzard, like the the, the founder CEO, was leading for 30 years. Bobby Caticus, um is the reason of that drive down. And like, there's been a lot of cause of sexual harassment in the workplace. Another another case, um, abuse, the whole lot, and the and it's bubbling up now. Hmm. So that's there. This is what many can hope to be the next uh, push for Activision Blizzard to to go back into its into its dominance hmm. and it's interesting to see where where sony is going right going into this virtual space uh as a spider-man fan i'm, I'm i have conflicting feelings about sony and and oh. i'm not letting go of, of of certain certain aspirations in the cinematic space which i think are are folly you know and correction there it's not sony it's microsoft oh well then we should change the banner but <laughs> 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 my bad oh so so microsoft okay yeah i'm 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 with microsoft microsoft uh man all right well well cool i i think the interesting part about this when we go to microsoft is that microsoft actually i feel like got their console out right and is this them kind of striding ahead because the ps5 looks dope i want one but from sony like you still can't get one really can you uh, the PS5? Yeah. Um, I hear you can still get it, but it's um, I hear you can still get it, but it, they they're they're limited. They're even gonna re they're bringing back the PS4. Actually, they're gonna make more of the PS4 to just meet the the demand. <laughs> I demand the PS5. I don't demand <laughs> no. But that's but that's really interesting, right? And that that's kind of what I'm getting at is like it used to be when a console came out, you had kind of this opportunity to compare both of them, and like even even though they had you know they had their differences, there was never really a clear front runner. Now for for the PS5 not to be able to come out, right? Like it's kind of like and then this this kind of Activision, yeah, there you go, Xbox plus Activision plus Blizzard King, right? Is that the headline? You know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so. When you think about when you think about just looking at the major moves that the large corporations are making, because the bigger part of this whole image here really does tie into where the future of tech is going, where the future of finance is going, and then inevitably where our future is going to be going, right? Because of the future follows tech. So essentially what this means with the purchase of this sort and what a bunch of um, the moves from because this particular year, you saw tech companies have their highest uh, acquisitions in in many, many years, right? So Microsoft, um, uh, you're seeing Microsoft, you're seeing Sony, you're seeing all the big players make massive, massive uh, acquisitions, right? All in favor of this future where augmented reality, virtual reality, and uh, the the usage of of let's even say a more connected online presence in a in, in how we get into being online that's clearly where the future is going how does that make you feel where in in the sense of like yeah just you know when when i think about spaces that that are that are meaningful to us right i think of spaces here on the south side i think of you know spaces near joe berg i think of I think of spaces that we love and care about, right? This uh, 
this is dope and exciting, right? And yeah, if we can purchase VR headsets in the near future, like and and be chilling and be confronted with all these strange virtual like nuances, that's dope. But are certain communities going to be left behind by all this, especially if transactions start happening in this space? It starts becoming lucrative. Is this going to be another space where communities of color, especially, are are left behind? I mean, that then speaks on the the communities, which particular community we're speaking about, right? Um, I I think just by pure virtue of the internet not necessarily being something that everybody gets to experience is is quite is quite is quite crazy, right? There's still billions of people that don't have access to internet. I think the number is actually over two billion people don't have access to the internet at all. You know, so most of the world is now uh, only recently has most of the world been put on to the Internet. And that's thanks to mobile solutions in places like India, widespread networks in China, places like that. Right. But still, um, even in Africa, there's still issues of Internet outside of just mobile data. Right. So broadband, uh, broadband Internet that can allow you to participate in this type of in this type of realm. So. There's that solution that needs to be that needs to be handled, um, and then there's. But I do think that things move move quickly, dude. I, I do see a future where everybody is going to be connected in some way, form, another in this. If it's it's where the economy is going to be. So for you to participate, you're going to have to find a way in. Yeah. Well, that's going to be. I guess uh, we'll double down on equity, and it'll be you bringing kids. Uh, VR headsets along with along with solar panels and uh, their digital skills programs. Yes, yes, that is our that is that is our goal. That is our promise to you uh, is that we will continue to cover the development of stuff like this. Man, you know this is going to be the future. This is going to be a space where. uh, Exciting things are happening, right? We're going to be spending our Bitcoin to play Candy Crush, right? I can't wait for Coin Crush. It's going to be amazing. Um, we lost Zoe. That's okay. We can keep it moving. Up, oh, you coming back. Hey, boy. I miss you, though. <laughs> Thank you for difficulty. Thank you for holding it down, man. Thank you for holding it down. I love the fact that we can build this show live on the show so people know exactly what we're going through. But I think with that, we, we served it up. Yo, man, the future is online. That's the that's big thing of it. And we've been saying that over here on this show for a long time. I mean, if you're not aware of it now, um, the future is definitely online. <laughs> I'm glad that the bullshit that you came back with was the same bullshit I said when you left. Because I was like, yeah, you know, Zoya's go, but, you know, that's in the past. We are looking toward the future. The future is online. Here it is. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I we're we're consummate professionals is what that means. <laughs> All right. Yo, yo, I think we, I think we bodied this. Can we, can we catch up on some hip hop, my G? Yes, you know what I'm saying? So there's a brand new World of Warcraft album. It's hot. No, I'm just playing. Um, yo, yo, yo. Where we want to start with this, man? We 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 are a hip-hop podcast that has um, stumbled uh, in, in, in our coverage. 
and now we yes. seek to, to make up for lost time. And uh, we got we got two on the table. We're gonna give you a two for the day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's not one of them chief toofers. You know, this is this ain't this ain't like two for one at like you know at the store. This is like you really getting a double dose of value. Like this is this is crazy what we are about to do right now. Because the first one we are about to get into is gotta be. It's gotta be. And so, like you said, Miles, we're going back on some of the ones that we missed. Um, there's been a bit of a slow, a bit of a slow week for hip hop coming out. Um, there's definitely some albums that dropped that we dig, but we missed some big reviews. And I'm so happy that this particular portion of the show is the most popular part of the show because talking about hip hop is my favorite thing to do. So uh, shout out to y'all, man, that uh, that are keeping that conversation about hip hop alive and going in the comment section and whatnot. Yo, this uh, arguments, yo, tell us if we're right, tell us if we're wrong. Be sure you're checking out that SoundCloud because we're still dropping that the fire playlist over there to our SoundCloud community. We see y'all. We gain more followers over there. We got playlists, bro. You you try to impress a young lady, jump on a playlist over there. You try to drop impress some homies with some underground stuff, jump over there. We got you. Yes, sir, man. The SoundCloud is jumping for show for show. Check that out. And we appreciate y'all on YouTube too. Seeing this illustrious, beautiful view of my man Rick Ross. This is the richer than I ever been review. Yo, this one's this one surprised me, yo. Like I was, I was, I I always expect a few things from Ross. Incredible beat selection, right? Some some very <laughs> luxurious vibes. Bless you, bless you, my G. Um, bless you again. Uh, Thank you. Some dope features, right? But it doesn't always come together in a way that really feels um, like it. Like he like he got out what he was trying to get out, right? Like it came across how he wanted it to, to me at least. And this one, it feels like everything he was going for. I felt that, you know. What's interesting about this particular Ross album is that, and we're catching this late, right? But it got a lot of it. It, it wasn't particularly well received right people were questioning where's the drake feature um which is a robbery you would assume that ross haven't you know having uh come up with an album richer than i ever been would see like the the uh, a more illustrious um feature list right shout out to blast who kills it shout out to jasmine sullivan who kills it 21 savage does this thing as well um on the album but Where's where's the Drake feature, right? Yeah, but that kind of speaks to like our unwillingness to to try new things. Like we kind of get stuck in our expectations, and that's something that I'm really trying to actively do. Let me not even be prescriptive or talk like about what nobody else should do or think. Let me just talk about me. I'm really trying to go into everything: books, movies, albums, with no expectations, right? And that's hard to do. So it's more like, let me figure out what, what are my expectations before I listen to this? And let me drop those, right? Uh, because I was, I mean, not expecting a lot from this made for an incredible experience, right? Like, it's one, like, it's funny that it opens with Willie Falcone and it's kind of like, that is one of the, that's the most like, you know what I mean? That's like the the upper echelon of, 
we gonna we gonna reach for somebody to to speak and open this up <laughs> in a mm. in a gangster way, right? What that's a real that's a real person, not like a movie clip, not like a TV, right? So it's like, well, if you're gonna go and get somebody like that, you better have some good music backing it up. And it's there. Mm. You know what I mean? A lot of times I hear a dream feature on the album and I'm like, this didn't need to be there. But the hook on Little Havana, that makes sense, right? Mm. I think I, I hear I hear Benny everywhere. And I'm like, I didn't need him on, on that song. But when I hear rapper estates, like I'm glad that that I have that song in my my playlist, my collection now, right? Like there's a lot of times when you t- when you have concepts for a song and Rick Ross as somebody who I think has been in the game a long time, who tries to be very creative with his work, right? He often goes for concepts that uh, that don't always hit, right? But when but he's he has a high percentage, don't get me wrong, but on an album to go through it and one we didn't hear a lot of these as singles, so that helped and hearing hearing all of these concepts like even wiggle to me with dream doll right like if you that's not my favorite song on the album but if you're gonna have a strip club joint like make it slap like that like that 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 worked for me right if you're gonna do a long ballad get blast to murder that hook like he did you know the concepts all came to get most of them i think really came together man yeah some of the criticism that i do hear about the album though i do get um, in the sense of um, it's uh, how it was, how uh, the song was edited and uh, the the lustrous sound and depth that comes from a Rick Ross album. Like if you think of something like uh, Dice Pineapples, how the how the sound pops on that. If you're thinking about um, Sixteen featuring Andre Three Thousand and what the sound of that comes into play, you know, I can definitely understand where some would criticize the depth of it but honestly man off off of listening to it i i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it and i remember a while back i told i think i was i definitely said miles i think i'm the biggest rick ross fan that i know you know Mm -hmm. not to justify my fandom but all to say that this is definitely one of my favorite artists and so going into this album definitely had high expectations i wouldn't say that it exceeded those expectations but i do think that definitely delivered like you said rapper estates is stupid um that's that's a dope track even the little uh little havana track marathon made it out outlaws what i love about ross is that he's constantly teaching you know what i'm saying and that's something that uh we got from nipsey hustle that's something that we just got recently from that nas album um these rappers are the ones that are fans of the of this of business venture and business movement and of and of uh high-level business playing that definitely drop jewels along the way uh ross when ross says uh until you're success until you're successful you're considered roguish you know what i'm saying like until you're successful like that's some real sh- like that's so real that's so real you rogue until you until you do it no doubt no doubt and that's and i'm glad you i'm glad you talked about him teaching on this album because anything it lacks in in musical yeah, it doesn't. Not a lot of these songs have like long, extended intros of you know pianos and strings, right? Like he's he's not doing that in the same way he was with intentionally with Maybach music era, but the lyrics and the the thought that he's putting into maintaining relevance through still having something to say, I think is is really like commendable. And for an artist for Ross to be able to put out an album. Uh, and for Nas to be able to put out an album, 
for us to be able to like both of those in 2022 and for though and for Ross to be next to Nas in that in that category I think speaks to hip hop aging uh in a really graceful way. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love mature hip hop. I love it. Official review if I'm giving it, man, I got to give it a 4 out of 5. Um heavily enjoyed this album. Yes, sir. Um yeah, man, this was this was straight this was straight fire. Uh, I really liked Made It Out Alive. I really liked uh, Hella Smoke. I really liked Marathon. I really liked Little Havana. This was this was this was fire, and um, this is a win for yeah. for our ears, man. Don't uh, don't sleep on that the the Pulitzer. That's super dope. Rapper states like yep. Miles said. Yep. Jasmine Sullivan off that um, off that Outlaws. Uh, she she bodies it. She absolutely bodies it. Yes, sir. I right, y'all, we said two, four, one, two. We giving y'all a double dose of recommended and review. Guess we back. Review again. Who does it better, man? Who does it better? Somebody needs to tell me. Yes, sir. Look, not awake, man. Uh, who is not awake, man? Um, I don't know who Nardo Wick is, but I what I do know about Nardo Wick is I have not stopped playing this album since I have heard it. This has easily been one of my most played albums. This and that uh that Icewear Vezo on repeat. Yeah, shout out to Icewear Vezo. I like who this. is Nardo Wick, Miles? Huh? Who is Nardo Wick? Who is Nardo Wick? Nardo Wick is um a, a gentleman that's heavy in my rotation as well. Um, and I'm and embarrassed to say that I'm not sure where he's from, but I think he is one of one of the an, a great example of a hip hop artist whose talent speaks for itself, right? Like I put this on and there's a sound that I'm super familiar with and an artist that is immediately trying to differentiate themselves at least in in quality and at least in like demonstrating like i do this type of music better than your favorite local rapper right and i really i really appreciate it and i really i think there's room in in the hip-hop space for it um but when I hear a debut album like this, my my question to you, and I would love to get your thought, is where where is the ultimate trajectory for for an artist like Nardo Wick? Um, let's use let's use comparable albums as precedent, right, and see what happened. You could put this album next to um, Roddy Rich's first album. I see a lot of similarities in in both of that. I see, obviously, Roddy's um, the box was more of a smash hit, but Nardo. Came out with that Who Wants Smoke? That's a viral hit on TikTok. Um, that sound, you know, really blew up and worked for him and has a lot of people imitating it too. So if if the past is is if we take if the past is precedent, then we'd have to put him under the Rod, the Roddy Rich uh angle. Really? Can I, I, I yeah? I, I think there's more of an edge to this than Roddy Rich got. Can I ask you something a little bit alongside this hip hop conversation? Yeah. Would you rather be Trinidad James or Rich Homie Kwan? Um, 
I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I think I would rather be rich, homie Quan. Nah. But that's but that's me as somebody who really who love, who's like hip hop to death, right? That might not be the better business or monetary decision. I'm not really sure. Yeah, nah, nah. elaborate. I, the the real question. Nah, now remember my real question. Now remember my real question. Would you rather be rich, homie Quan, or Dizzy Wright? Uh. You know me, I would rather be Dizzy Wright. Actually, yeah, yeah, I would rather be I would rather be Dizzy. I would rather be Dizzy. Well, that's me. That's me kind of dissing Rich Homie Kwan's catalog. That's a good question because my instinct is to say I would rather be Dizzy Wright because Dizzy Wright lyrically was capable of making a very meaningful and thoughtful type of, of type of music appeal in a very important way i think rich homie kwan is able to make really emotional music in a, in a lot of ways and also really fun music and then probably a, a, in a more profitable way but he's he's lyrical enough that it makes me hard it makes it hard for me to choose between the two just an interesting hip hop question that I stumbled on. But going back to to this Nardo Wick man, um, this this is this is really hard. And I think one of the cool things about listening to this type of album is that it's a it's a different take on the common sound, right? Like you had said, like oh, this is your favorite sound. Is this what you love? Like what? what you, is this what your fav- favorite rapper does? Let me show you how to do it even better. And I think. He definitely approaches it that way. Clearly, this this dude is is very skillful in putting concepts and ideas together. Even with that, who wants smoke? That ad lib, that uh, that that ad lib usage that he does in that, you know, that's that's um that's very ingenuitive from a creative perspective. So this this kid is clearly very very talented. Yeah, and yeah, I liked where you were taking the conversation in terms of like other other examples of of artists that have come out with an album that really like hits the streets like this one does, right? And I think of NBA YoungBoy, I think of NLE Choppa, right? Um, but I also think of King Von, right? I think of Six Nine, right? And I and I bring those names into it because th- there's a there's a treacherous path when you're Cause, and that's why I kind of was like, do you really feel like this Roddy Rich is the closest comparison? Because Roddy Rich is also dabbling in R&B from the jump and also is a little poppier, a little bit. There's just a I think the I think there's a little bit more edge to Nardo who it puts him in that category that makes it really lucrative, makes the videos look a certain way and makes 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 you the environment a certain way that that makes it a little treacherous right and i'm always i'm always my heart is hardened i think in hip-hop in the past decade or so when i see artists come in that have this potential but are in that treacherous space you know i tell you what um future and young thug is still extremely present in 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 pushing the culture of 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 uh, current trap music forward. If I had to assume, I think I would say that uh, Nardo Wick's from Atlanta. Just seeing the the different features that he has on that album, Thug Future, um, and you've seen Future really extend his arm. A lot of my favorite rappers have a bunch of features from from Future. I'm talking Dirk, Icewave Vezo, Nardo Wick, like we said, um, 
the babyface Jay, babyface Ray. There's a lot of that, right? And Future is really uh, taking these guys under his umbrella, bro. That's that. This is another extension of the feet of the Future influence, and um, it's 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 past the Gucci Man esque uh, cosign, if you will. Because there was a time where even to this day, Gucci just knows the gold. And he knows how to support it. And that's exactly what we're seeing Future doing. And this is one of the best versions of it out right now. Yes, sir. And yeah, and, I, and you're speaking like you right on, you spot on, bro. Like with, with, even with Gucci, like bringing in a game uh, like uh, Push Icedy. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. like I, I, I love, dude, you do know how much I was going crazy out the first few Push Icedy records we heard? Bro. Like, bro. you know? Remind me of Lil Baby back in 20. 20- 16 bro bro and shout out to um and shout out to big 32 you know what i mean but it's just like it's it's it seems like it's like 50 50 like that you know these new artists come in the game and there's so many there's so many pitfalls so i want to see this man move smart i love to see artists like 21 savage you know even though he had his own his own issues you know immigration is a mug man they just trying to move people around mess up people's lifestyle but like there there are some examples of really uh successful rappers who have navigated those waters and, and are in a great space and i just hope to see like yeah not always continue to be that uh but that's enough man on the hip-hop like granddad side man what are some of the hits from this one man what are some of your favorites man give us the highlights um the highlights man i, I really really enjoy uh wick man this has been this has been my my my, my gym music for better part of the last two three months man um steady on rotation wick man uh, me or some certified banger, certified banger. So, uh, Lullaby is also super dope. Uh, Wicked Witch, Wicked Freestyle, super dope, bruh, bruh. Yep, I'm right here with you, man. I, I messed with Pyre, Power, uh, Wicked Witch, even the uh, uh, Wicked Freestyle. Yep, popping out Big 30. There he is, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Wick Man, Chop Chop. All right, yeah, this is this is this is um, this this is one of those rare times where. You get an album from somebody who's really doing them, doing their own sound. It's a little bit aggressive. It's a little bit more than a little bit aggressive. It's aggressive. It's it's, it's high intensity, but it also um it doesn't wear on your ears, right? It doesn't give you that ear fatigue that a lot of albums that are that have that intensity sometimes uh that that give you. So this is on the harder side of what I might recommend to a broader spectrum of people, if that makes sense, right? Uh, I think they'll recognize some of the sounds. They'll definitely recognize some of the producers, some of the production. So, uh, yeah, man, who is not a wick? If I could, if I could try to cook up a number to give it a mic, give it a three point. Nah, is it three point five or a four to me? What you think? What you thinking, bro? I think, I think definitely giving it a four, man. I think this is a. I was gonna actually give it a four point five, even. Um, Woo. Yeah, I think I think it's let's give the young like why not up it 4.5 out of five mics 4.5 certified recommended. Uh, there was a time when this show, in addition to reviewing hip hop, also uh, reviewed USC things, and you see that as the banner. Uh, my brother is is chopping it up behind the board. Speaking of chop, chop, you know what I'm saying, even though we experienced some some chop. In the signal, my man's is fighting through it as well. You are the you've been you've been you've been killing it this episode, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate your hip hop knowledge. 
You know what I'm saying? I appreciate everything you bring to the show. We appreciate y'all out there for tuning in, man. Tell us what y'all think. Share y'all's hip-hop knowledge. What do you think of these albums? Have you listened to them? Uh, what should we review next? I think we might have to do another two for, I don't know. We got some Matt Kami to review. We got some Corday to review. That's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could put that in the air. So, Mo music, Mo hip hop, uh, Mo love, man. Mo love, Mo love. Hey, yo, Miles, I think uh, we know. I think we know. I think they know. I think it's inescapable, right? Even if we don't know who Nardo Wick is, we know for sure. That you could be anywhere in the world right now and you've chosen to be here rocking with all the way live if you are hearing the soulful sultry sounds of hazelnut tones that's me and chestnut tones that my brother then you are a loved one you are beloved by us because you've joined us in this celebration of celebrating this celebration of love this celebration of how good it feels to be black don't it feel good as way got it on my hat It'll feel even better when we get some money from Tesla. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to put my name yeah. on it. The Auto Way Live is co-signing in the class action lawsuit. We would like some money, too, just because I don't have a Tesla. And that hurts my heart. I feel discriminated against because I haven't been able to drive one. So get that over to me. Get yourself at home something delicious to eat. And make sure you hug somebody you love like that. Peace. Water. Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard?